As people in the property industry, we will all have our own views and there's things about the property industry that we want to change and we all have opinions. We're happy to share those down the pub with our mates and our work colleagues. But actually, if you want to make a real change and you may want to make your voice heard, that's not going to cut it. If I'm entirely honest, until now, I, I wouldn't have actually gone on panels very easily. We've got to um, not be afraid to have the voice that we've been empowered to give. So you have to give yourself permission to speak. Hello and welcome to the Rewire podcast, a podcast brought to you by EG with the aim of rewiring the real estate industry one story at a time. I'm your host, Sam McClary, and on today's show, we are talking about barriers to participation, in particular barriers to the participation of women in real estate events. On today's show, I sit down with three women who are very well known in this industry of ours and who know this industry inside out, back to front. They are no strangers to sitting on panels uh, and in today's show we will discuss a whole range of things from why they do those panels, their best and their worst experiences, through to any advice they would give any one of you listening as to why you too should put your hand up and be on a panel and some advice for you to take to your firms as to why it's important that they support and promote you for those panels too. So who are those three women? Uh, Joining me today uh, is Amanda Clack, who is the former ICS president and uh, now head of strategic consulting in the UK at CBRE. Sue Brown, her former PR Supremo and uh, now Executive Director of Planning and Development at London First and Sharon Aminosahe who is uh, Head of Offices at Lendlease and of course former Head of the Government Property Unit. So over the next 20 minutes or so, I hope if I'm keeping to time, um, you'll hear all sorts of stories and advice from, from those three three women as to why standing up and getting on stage is important not just for for you but for the industry and for the next generation coming through so i want to start us off with with each of them just telling us as to why it's important for them and why they enjoy uh, getting up on stage and and sharing their knowledge. Important to start there, I think, because um, from the results of the survey that more than 200 of you took part in, and thank you to those 200 women who did take part in the survey, um, overwhelmingly, the vast majority of those women that did do panels said they did it to raise their own profile and the profile of their company. Around about a fifth of you said that you were doing it to share your knowledge, which is wonderful and why we should all be talking. Um, so with uh, for no further ado, I'm going to hand over to Amanda, Sharon and then Sue as to why they do panels. So for me, I suppose it might be a bit different to other people because I've been used to public speaking from quite an early age. And I think it helps that just right from the very beginning that you're encouraged to do it. My parents were always very positive about me doing public speaking. I was on a debating society. I was really into politics. Um, I went to the Model United Nations as a teenager. So all that, I think, helped make it less scary. But then something happened probably in my early 20s that whilst I still really enjoyed public speaking, I got quite nervous literally just before it and I started shaking. Not enough to stop me, but then I did have a great 
voice coach who helped me actually sort of think about that I'm really enjoying it. So why am I getting all this other stuff coming out? And she was incredibly helpful. So that helped me a lot. And I think sometimes women maybe are not aware that you can ask help. So you might get the shakes, you might feel sick beforehand or whatever. But usually there's a way that somebody can help you and talk you through it that can make things a bit better. Mm. And the first time I actually did public speaking was at a conference in China. I was still a student at the time and I was a keynote. So it was quite a baptism of fire <laughs> um, speaking in English in front of a international audience that I'd never really done before. And it was a great way of not being afraid because you're literally shoved on stage and you have no choice. So doing it and then using props. So uh, for, I think, the first few months afterwards, I would always make sure that I had a lectern to, um, you know, prop myself up against so then you couldn't see me shaking so it wouldn't sort of look worse than it actually was. And then probably about six months to a year in, doing more and more, so not allowing it to stop me, but actually using props or other way, it sort of decreased until it just immediately went away. And I realised that actually... I, I enjoyed doing it for the sake of it. I was nervous beforehand because I wanted it to go really well. Um, and I was slightly afraid to look at the audience. But once you actually started that engagement, it, it's, it was actually quite pleasurable, as long as I suppose they're listening to you. Um, and you realise that once the audience is on your side and actually engaged, because most people want to listen to what you're saying, otherwise they wouldn't be there sitting. They're not there to throw rocks at you. Mm. And most of them aren't trolls. I think the overarching reason for certainly some of the panels that I do is um, through some of the research that I've done over the last few years on diversity and inclusion in real estate and construction is that women want to see other women and actually it's about being that visible role model and not being afraid to put yourself forward and I guess in many ways I'm quite a reluctant role model um, (laughs) in that you know I always just want to kind of get on with doing the job But it's really important as a leader in the profession and as a leader in my business and the industry that you get up there and you kind of put yourself forward so that you can be seen by others and hopefully you can inspire other people to kind of follow in your footsteps. That's a real reason, Sam. Do you you remember the moment that that became clear to you that actually it's important that I, I get up there and people see me? I think um, I think it's always felt it because actually when you see so many of the panels that don't have a good level of representation on it, you realise when you are being asked that it's really important that you say yes. So I suppose there was almost an unconscious element of that for quite a long time. But interestingly, it was going back to, we did some research with the RICS in around 2015 and it was with YouGov and um, basically what they were saying was it, it was looking at why particularly younger people weren't entering into the profession and actually into real estate and construction and the overarching feedback from young girls was that they were desperate to see role models that looked like them. And interestingly, um, oh, actually, it must have been 2016 because it was at the time of the presidential election in um, America. Um, Theresa May had just come into power in the UK. And what they were saying, and again, these, these are young, impressionable girls, was it's great to see 
people like Hillary Clinton having a chance at the White House and potentially have been the first female president of the United States. And that for me was the real kind of eureka moment for me in terms of my very small role in trying to be that role model in, in real estate and construction. If I'm entirely honest, until now, I, I wouldn't have actually gone on panels very easily. And part of that, I think, is that as a woman, I'm not sure that we are brought up, as it were, to really promote ourselves. Um, and certainly, I mean, in thinking about this and knowing I was doing this today, I was giving some thought to why women don't put themselves forward. And the best example that I can think of is that I've managed a lot of people over a long period of time. As you know, Sam, I'm very old and been around a very long time. Um, and even you're just discovering things about me. Um, <laughs> but for example, I've managed a lot of people in my time. I've done lots and lots of appraisals over that period. And interestingly, one of the things that always happened when I did a lot of appraisals, opposed I don't do very many now, was that men always score themselves higher in appraisals than women do. So men, I think, whether or not it's they're pulled up to do it or it's it's um, uh, nature or nurture, men tend to put themselves forward and women don't, I think, in the same way. And I think that's getting a lot better because I think people, say of my daughter's generation, my daughter's 29, would naturally promote themselves in a way that women of my generation don't. But as I say, I wasn't very comfortable doing panels until fairly recently, um, just on the basis now I've been around a long time and feel fairly confident doing it. Really interesting there to hear Sue talking about um, women perhaps not promoting themselves as naturally as, as men do. And perhaps that's why and where firms can come in and have a big role to play in supporting not just women, but anyone in their business to take that big, big step and, and, and get up on stage. Here's Sharon and Amanda on why getting staff involved in industry events is great for business and how you can make sure that your business rates the time you need to prepare highly. I think it's important to have that conversation, especially if it's you know, one of the early times when you've spoken at a conference or at a panel to say, look, I want a couple of hours and do it. Or sometimes if you're master of your own diary, just make sure that those couple of hours are kept free put something down instead and pretend you're doing something else if you think it's going to be an issue. But I think it's partly up to that person to make the time and make sure that other people know that it's important for mm. them. And I think for companies, it's important that you have a diverse voice. And by diverse, I don't necessarily mean gender. I mean different people saying different things because that means that actually your brand becomes much more powerful, that a more junior person is saying stuff, I mean, in their own way, just the same as somebody who's running the company. And I think that makes you a more attractive place for people to work and to get business at the end of the day. I've been quite lucky in all the companies that I've been that they've always invested in presentation skills training, having voice coaches come around. And I don't know how normal that is within the industry, but I think it's important to pick out those people, not just your senior tier, because it also helps with pitches. It's mm. not just about doing conferences.
I think there's, you know, there's clearly two benefits. And I think the most important benefit is probably actually for the individual themselves. So, you know, it really helps them feel valued and I think also empowered. And, you know, it's a fantastic development opportunity to force yourself to go and do those sorts of things. And it helps on confidence. And, you know, ultimately the firm's going to get the payback because you're going to have a more confident, capable individual. And actually when you are on the panels, you know, you hear other people's perspectives and you're bringing that back into the workplace. So I think for the individual, there is invariably a massive payback. But of course, the other side of it is there's a massive payback for the organisation because that individual is going to be representing the brand and, you know, talking about things that are happening in the organisation. Hopefully they're saying good things about the organisation. And, you know, that's fantastic in terms of um, you, you can't buy that sometimes, you know, so that's that's a really great opportunity. So you have to take it in the round. I mean, if everybody's doing it, you know, if that becomes the day job, well, that's clearly a different issue. You've got to kind of, you know, you've got to manage your, your time around taking time out to do these things. But I, I think there's, there's so much positivity about actually allowing so many of your teams to, to take those opportunities afforded to them. For me and for many of you that answered the Rewa survey, that feeling of empowerment is the best reason to share and our own stage. We've got to um, not be afraid to have the voice that we've been empowered to give. So you have to give yourself permission to speak when you are on a panel and to have an opinion and not be thinking does my opinion matter or does it count so I think there's a whole empowerment piece whether you're male or female um, when you are asked take that opportunity and don't be afraid to speak up so providing you're reasonably comfortable with the subject matter grab the opportunity and don't be afraid afraid to ask for help um, you know particularly to get a mentor or somebody who's done it in your organization or that you know that can help and maybe rehearse you a little bit beforehand and you know kind of put you through your paces and it will just all help make those experiences much much better but for all of the reasons we were talking about you know it's good for yourself and it's good for your firm you should really grab those opportunities because it's a privilege to be asked at the end of the day when I did voice coaching many, many years ago, it was about how you felt comfortable on stage rather than adopting a persona which people might want to or think they should see you as. And that, to me, has been the most helpful thing because if you're comfortable on stage, then you're going to be standing up better. If you're standing up better, your voice is going to come out more clearly and more powerfully than it would be if you're slouching and trying to hide underneath your mic. I think it's really important for your career, especially when you're starting out when companies may be unwilling to put you forward. So one of the things that I did um, fairly early on is I wrote research papers. So therefore you, you get, so as long as your paper gets accepted, you can go in front of an international audience and go and speak about what you've written. And that's incredible practice. And there's no bars then to where you come from, how old you are, as long as you have something interesting to say and you can talk about it reasonably well, you're selected. And that's really good because then when you are starting out on your career 
and your employer may say, oh, but, you know, you've just started out. Do you have any experience? You go, well, I've written these papers. I've already spoken at conferences, so I have that experience. And it will give them that confidence that you can do it as well. And also it makes you more memorable. Mm. At the end of the day, the number of people who will speak at conferences compared to the number of people in the industry is relatively limited. So if there's an area that you're particularly interested, that you want to be known for, that you have really interesting ideas about, then it's a really good way to disseminate that. And it will allow your career to grow in that area as well. What I would say to all of the, the listeners, particularly those that are, are the younger listeners and thinking, oh, I could never get up and, and do that presentation, is perhaps pick some safe environments. So whether it's doing a presentation in your workplace or even a presentation to your family or you know taking the opportunities while you are studying to get up and stand and, and talk, it really does help you for when, if you like, those opportunities to um, go on a panel or you know to present for your profession or for your business come up it just gives you that inner confidence to be able to do it and that know that you're you're not going to sort of fluff your words or be a bundle of nerves so there you go three amazing women in this industry with some great advice some great stories of being um, visible, being that person that we can all look up to and say well do you know what I can do that too and I'm sure none of them would um, be upset if any of us said, do you know what, maybe I can do that better. And regardless of whether you're male, female, black, white, um, able-bodied, not able-bodied, what background you're from, it doesn't matter. Everyone has that story to tell. Everyone has a view on the market and as Amanda said if you are asked there's a reason for that and you know it's a great great honor to um, get up there and share your beliefs your thoughts with with this little world of ours and um, we here at EG are are keen to hear all of those stories so I really hope that uh, today's podcast and that the survey which you can uh, look at I'll put a link to that in the show notes is is helpful to you to your firm and I really do look forward to seeing more diverse and a more inclusive uh, network of people sharing sharing a stage and sharing the audience too um, but for this week uh, that is a, a goodbye from me from Amanda from Sue and from Sharon and we'll see you back here in a fortnight with something a little bit different <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,